1: Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. You're listening to a special edition of the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast called Your Last Decade. I thought it would be fun to talk to a few friends about what life was like for them 10 years ago. How has life changed? What the year 2010 brought them? What the last decade has brought them and what they hope for over the next 10 years. Hello, 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 y'all. It's going to be May. Can you just hear it now? It's coming. I know. Now that kids are not heading back to school, it's official here in Texas, we may just be living our longest summer session ever, but you guys... May is coming, and for the first time, maybe ever, I don't have that crazy May brain. It's true. You know what I'm talking about? Now, in its place, there may very well be the corona effect, or as we call it around here, the Rona effect, and I have a crazy corona brain some days, but let's focus on the positive for the moment. I do know there are a lot of friends who may be experiencing extra sadness this May, Missing graduations, Mother's Day gatherings, spring performances, birthday celebrations, end of the school gatherings. My eighth grade boys are not having their eighth grade celebrations. There's no spring football. You know what? We've been thinking about you guys a lot. And so Lindsay and I put our heads together and we came up with some fun ideas. Before we share our idea, I want to tell you about our guest today. And it is one of the biggest living fun guys around. It is Bob Goff. Today, I'm chatting with Bob Goff, and it is a perfect treat for the end of a long week and a long month. The last decade for Bob, on the surface, may feel like it was way bigger than your life. But as Bob shares the stories with us today, the theme that is consistent and good for us is the gift and practice of presence. It's really good for us all to remember the gift of practice of presence. Bob's wife, her name is Maria, but he refers to her as Sweet Maria, was a guest on the Happy Hour Almost three years ago, episode number 145, If you haven't listened to that show, I highly recommend it to hear more of their story from her experience. Okay, guys, I told you we had a fun idea, and here it is. We would love to highlight your celebration moments this month to make it extra special for the ones that you love. So if you have someone that you want to celebrate this month, whether that be a wedding, a a graduation, uh, a play they missed out on, whatever it might be, we want to help you get those messages out to your loved ones. Basically, we want you to give them a shout out and we want to share it on our Happy Hour Quarantine Edition episode in May on YouTube. We need these quickly, guys. All right. So email podcast at jamieivy.com with the subject May celebration. We want to try to use as many of these as we can in our YouTube channel for the May Quarantine Edition episode. So we need them super, super quickly. Just pull your camera out, video yourself saying, hey, Deacon and Amos, I'm sorry, you didn't get to walk down for your eighth grade graduation. But I love you. Something like that would do. But also, you guys, that's not it. We would love to interview a high school and college graduate that has a story to share about what has affected their life right now on the cusp of their graduation from either high school or college. Email your guest suggestions to podcast at jamieivy.com with the subject grad guest. Guys, be sure you check out my YouTube channel to see the last three episodes that we've released. I've interviewed Christine Kane, Christy Wright, Alina Pitts, and my son Caden Ivy. and the fourth episode comes out this Monday with my friend Shelly Giglio. It's been fun to interview these friends of mine and ask them about what they're learning or what they're seeing or what's been hard or what's been amazing during the season of our world that is new for all of us. We also have some fun family games in there that we're giving you. And I would love to know, what has been your quarantine treat? We made milkshakes the other night. We don't make milkshakes often. We're making cookies way more than we've ever made cookies. Would you tag me on Instagram and show me what you're making? Use the hashtag myquarantinetreat and tag me so that I can see it and I just might include it in my next episode. Check out all those videos on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash Jamie Ivy. All right, friends, that was a lot of information. If you missed any of it, don't you worry. We send it out in our newsletter every single Friday. So here's my conversation with Bob Goff. Bob, welcome to uh, this special edition of The Happy Hour called Your Last Decade. I am so happy to be chatting with you today.
0: Yeah, thanks a million. This is really good, Jamie. Thanks for having me on.
1: Well, I was telling you before we started is that we started this special episode, Your Last Decade in January because I just thought, oh man, it'd be fun to add another show. But then deep inside, I was also like, I could talk to men. And the happy hour has always been a women only show. I was able to talk to your sweet wife in 2017 on the happy hour, but now I get to have men on. So welcome.
0: Oh, thanks a million. This is really good. I'm just anxious to talk and learn from you uh, because I know a lot of people are.
1: You're so kind. Um, Okay. So this whole show, what we do here is look back at the last 10 years. And I don't know how you work but one of the things that has I've seen happen in my life when there's kind of these milestones which we hit 2020 and every kind of 2010 2020 2000 it feels like it gives you this opportunity to look back and I learn a lot about myself I learn a lot about God I learn a lot about the people around me when I can look back and see the hard things the good things where he's brought us and so I want to do that with you today and I want to go back to 2010 so a decade ago what did life look like for Bob Goff
0: Oh, if you uh, followed me around during the day, which would be so creepy, but if you followed me around, what you'd see is a lawyer who is living in San Diego and then flying to Seattle every day to go to work and flying home for supper. And I had been doing that for 25 years. Is that crazy? That is so, so crazy. Was just on the move. Um, I also had decided to write a book because I was spending more and more time. Uh, In other countries and had seen some of the difficulties and setbacks that some of the kids had. And so a publisher had said, would you write a book? And I said, I don't know. Will you build a school? I'll trade (laughs) you. One book for one school. And so they said it was a deal. And so I wrote this book called Love Does. That was about 10 years ago. And so on the airplane, going back and forth, I would just write down a couple of words and I can barely spell cat, but I made it through there.
1: Wow. I knew that you were a lawyer before your previous life, you know, 10 years ago. I don't think I knew that your life consisted of flying to Seattle, Washington every every day. Is that what you just said?
0: Is that crazy? Yeah. Every day. I have so many frequent flyer miles. Not even funny.
1: <laughs> you can fly they forever. They call me and
0: this Mr. Was... Bot. Ba- yeah, they this, called me Mr. G at the airport. Still, oh my
1: gosh! <laughs> and this was on commercial flights. Like you went every day and got on a commercial flight.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Alaska Airlines, me in Alaska. The guy with the dimple on the tail. Yeah, that's oh, it. Oh my goodness. So um, and they were they became my peeps. I did an adoption, international adoption for one of the ticket gals there, and we had became buddies with the TSA guys, and like they were my people. And uh, and then one day I uh, walked in to my office. Having been really busy doing things in other countries, I walked in and the receptionist asked me, who are you here to see? (laughs) I said, oh, actually, it's my own law firm. Like That would be my name right behind you. And I realized that I had stopped going to my office. I still went to Seattle every day, but I stopped going to my office for almost a year. Wow. And so I got everybody together in the biggest conference room we could get. And I got them together and I quit. I said, I'm done. And I took the key off my ring and I gave it to a guy that had been working for me for a decade. And I said, it's all yours. <laughs> you don't owe me anything. And he's like, are you? kidding me. Except you didn't say kidding. And I walked out. I've never gone back. It's been 10 years. I've been clean and sober on being a lawyer.
1: Oh my Uh, gosh. Okay. So I have to ask you though, because a lot of people are going to wonder, There had to have been things that made you realize, I want to be done with this. And so I know this show is only your last decade, but take me to the year or two before then, like what made you just go? And I know you mentioned you were going in other countries and, and you wanted to build schools and we see all that you've done in the last 10 years, which probably led up to that. But what was happening in that year or two before that you just went, I'm done?
0: Yeah, I think what happens to all of us is that we have a certain number of things that we're capable of. And so you're capable of so many things. Your listeners think of the things they can do. And uh, sometimes what happens is our capabilities start getting in the way of this sense of calling, like, uh, who are you becoming? And so while I was capable of being a lawyer, I don't feel like I was made to be a lawyer anymore. Mm. And so I love being a lawyer. It was a blast. I wasn't like done arguing with people. Nobody hurt my feelings, never got sued. But I just thought, you know what, I'm kind of done. And so what I was seeing is a bunch of guys my age that were spending a decade or two trying to land the plane. Mm -hmm. And I just decided I'm just taking that thing down today. (laughs) And so instead of figuring out some glide slope, I'm just like, it's over. And then I actually had another dilemma because I gave all the money from Love Does It Way. I had no job and I didn't (laughs) sell my company for anything so it was actually really beautiful for sweet Marie and I we got to just like figure it out yeah. all over again and to say how can we do this like me 2.0 and yeah and I think this whole idea of us being a new creation I think that uh, drives a lot I'm not smart enough to know how to engineer it but I know how to end it I could say that's old Bob this is new Bob let's go do this thing
1: Okay, so what did new Bob start looking like after 2010? You quit your job. You're no longer on Alaskan Airlines every single day, which is Bob, maybe the craziest thing I've heard all in the last month and I've heard a lot of crazy things.
0: Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It is
1: so crazy. Uh, so what did this new Bob look like in that especially in that first couple of months? I mean, you had to have been a little bit like did you go through any who am I? What am I doing? What does this look like? I don't know how to do life?
0: heck yeah, I did that this morning, you know, <laughs> and every day in between. So I uh, I just started saying, what are some of my passions? And I loved uh, young people and I love justice things. And, um, and so I just started traveling and meeting with people that could make a difference and good guys and bad guys and undecided. And so it's easy to meet with all the good guys, yeah. uh, but to say, what are some things that seem like Jesus spent all of his life meeting with all the people I've spent my whole life avoiding. Mm. And so I said, what if we started going to some places that are having some setbacks and start just being friends, no agenda. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm just really big on that. People uh, where faith is important to them, sometimes they uh, have an agenda for you. They're trying to fix you or save you or whatever. And I just don't think that's our job. I think our job is to just love people and be fully present and to say, where do we go from here?
1: Yeah. What did that look like for you when you first started doing that? Like in a, you know, concrete, tangible way, what did that look like for you and Maria?
0: So maybe every 60 days I'd be in Uganda and they were just winding down this 20 year civil war. We already had a school up and going maybe five years by then. I traded the book for a school. So we started building this school that now has 1,500 kids in it today. And then we uh, started a witch doctor school. And so we don't teach them how to be witch doctors. They already know, but we teach these bad guys how to read and write. I started trying death penalty cases against witch doctors that sacrifice children. And so it just sounds super creepy, but I'm just wanted to I uh, just have this strong justice thing. And I was just like, Oh, hell no, we're just not going to take notes or circulate a petition or something. I just want to actually get some skin in the game and it just wrecked everything in the most beautiful way.
1: So you were doing that in Uganda trial, putting witch doctors on trial.
0: Yeah. Death penalty case. First ones ever because everybody's afraid of these witch doctors. And, but I just, my worldview is I think Jesus has all the power. And, and I think that if we're available, you could just like, I don't know, show up and help kids. Yeah, And so so each of us in our own way. And here's the crazy thing, though. Sometimes we think we need to go across an ocean to make a difference. And I think the message in uh, the scripture is to go across the street, Mm -hmm. uh, to love your neighbor. uh, Because uh, uh, this whole like going to the ends of the earth, just find the ends of your street (laughs) and go there and do something nice for somebody. You know, Jimmy, who I learned that from? There's a guy named Pat who is my neighbor across the way. And he's got a plane waiting for him to take him somewhere every day. And I heard, I bet it was 10 or 15 years ago, I heard some rumbling around on the side of my yard. And I ruled out raccoons because it's San Diego. And look, it's Pat on Monday morning, and he's in the garbage. I'm like, what in the world? He was taking out my garbage. I'm like, oh, Pat, like, no, 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 no. You can't take out my garbage because you're like this really important person doing terrific things. And I walked out with him as he was like blowing me off. And I looked, he'd taken out the garbage of every single neighbor on the block. Wow! And then he did his stuff and he came home and he put the garbage cans away. He did that for a decade. I'm telling you, I learned about loving my neighbor from somebody who wasn't trying to rebuild a dam somewhere on another continent. He was just trying to love his neighbor next door. And I think God just delights when we do
1: If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences You know, it's funny that you were talking about that right now. We're recording this during, you know, coronavirus and we're all self-quarantined and life feels a lot crazy. I was going to say a little crazy, but it feels a lot crazy right now. Um, But I think, and as much as it feels difficult to love your neighbor right now because we have to stay in our homes, I do think this is a season in our lives that we're going to look back and see how did we find creative ways to love people? Uh, Because we have to be creative right now
0: totally in a moment of exuberance i was reading one of these love does for kids books on one of the insta story things and i thought kids like join in i'll read you chapter two and i was reading about a guy who when i was a young kid i was a penny short on getting some candy and he took one of my pennies shined it up and he said shiny pennies are worth two and it was just like meant so much it was like pat taking my garbage out and and so I said, hey, parents, if you want to send me an email, I'll write your kids a letter and send them a shiny penny. And 500 people wrote back. (sighs) So even this week, I've just been with Sweet Maria at the dining room table and writing letters to kids. I'm telling you, these will be the things that we'll talk about when we talk about the fall of 2020, the spring.
1: Yeah, uh, Yeah, The things
0: that you and I do in the next 10 days are the things that are going to happen for 10 years. Can I tell you a fun story? Yes. I have a little boat behind uh, the place, and there's a couple out at the dock. They're like standing on this little picket fence. And at so I went up, I was walking by them. And they said, hello. And I'm like, how are you today from six feet away? And they said, we're actually emergency room ICU doctors. And with all of this, we just needed to catch our breath. And we've been so disappointed. We were supposed to get married on the oh. 18th, but the church won't let us in. And we tried this other place and this other place. And I said, let's get married on the boat. And so we just cut the deal uh, 15 minutes ago. I'm like, show up, bring the flowers. You, we got room for about six people. We'll have them stand far away. I've got, I'm ordained. So like, let's go do this thing.
1: When are y'all doing it? On the 18th. I'm so excited. I think this it's going to be terrific. This is the
0: best. So uh, my point is this, sometimes we look really far away and we miss what's right at our feet. Mm. And I love in the South, how they talk about being where your feet are. Mm. And I think there's something beautiful. If we can just be fully present with one another, even if it's over Zoom or in a call, but living an undistracted life, knowing why we're doing what we're doing, willing to move away from our capabilities and then some of our strengths to say this beautiful adventure that Jesus wants to take us on. And there's no roadmap for it.
1: I know. I I think that things are getting stripped away. We're having to see things differently now. And I think it's almost like you're seeing colors for the first time. Like you're noticing things that you haven't had the time per se to stop and see. And I'm hearing a lot of stories like that.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to quit their job. And if you're listening, I'm telling you, There's half the people out there who are afraid they're going to lose their job. The other half are afraid they're going to keep it. (laughs) I would say, figure out who you are, write your resignation letter, address it to whoever writes your checks, stamp it and give that letter to the person you love the most. And to say, if you think I've moved on from this thing that it's getting in the way of my personal growth, you mail that thing in, you don't even need to tell me, I'll find out.
1: I'll find out for sure, you will.
0: That isn't reckless, that's brilliant. Yeah. And I think what we want to do is use this time to go a little bit deeper and to say, wow, I do actually have some time to reflect on things. What's yeah. important to me it's... and maybe so.
1: So true. Um, over the last decade, how many schools have you guys built?
0: I don't know. There's quite a few. Uh, there's, uh, Uganda has a uh, the school with the 1,500 kids. There's one with 250 witch doctors. There's one in a prison and two safe houses. Somalia has in Mogadishu, we have a school for women. We've got another trade school in Somalia. We built a school in Iraq. We've got a school in Nepal, two in Nepal, one in India. Oh, and then the one that was really fun this year, Jamie, we started a school in the capital of the Taliban in Afghanistan. And so, up until all this crazy stuff that's been going on, we'd fly there about every 100 days. And, and just go meet with all the kids. We teach little girls how to read and write. And wow. the Taliban says no. And we say, like, here's your books. <laughs> 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 it's awesome. I just think that, that idea, again, do it to the neighbor next door, not across. But if if, if there's an opportunity that presents yeah. itself, mm-hmm. just say, like, I don't know what would happen in terms of your life and your awareness of other people if you got outside of yourself. And yeah. so this time of being alone can be either a time of deep reflection and understanding some of the woundedness that we all have. And I would say, if you're listening and that's you, then go there and understand it. But these setbacks aren't campsites. Mm-hmm. But they need to be launching pads to say, yeah. okay, who's new Jamie? Who's new Bob? And, yeah. and if we can do that in a way that's helpful to other people, look for an opportunity and just go for it. We had an idea. We said, let's get a bunch of Afghan leaders from all the different provinces together to uh, meet in Kabul and talk about their ambitions. I invited 170 leaders; 170 showed up. And- oh my gosh! <laughs> now I've, I've got a pretty tall appetite for risk, but that was like so cool. That is just crazy. to hear them talk about their ambitions and their hopes and to talk to one another about the same things mm. is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I don't, just don't let the UN have all the fun. That's good. <laughs> My neighbor, Pat, have all the fun. We actually get to be participants. We're not heroes. We're not victims. We're just participants.
1: Yeah. Okay. You said setbacks don't have to be campfires. They can be launching pads. It's just beautiful. And I know that you guys had a major quote unquote setback in when your lodge in Canada burned down? 2017, am I right about that?
0: Yeah, that was it. that was a bad year.
1: Well, Maria came on my show that year and we talked about it. And so I would like a little update. That was three years ago. What's going on now?
0: That was the craziest year. I had just finished a trial against a witch doctor, put him on death row. And uh, that within six months, the house had burned down, the dog died, and I went blind in my right eye. (laughs) (laughs)
1: What a year. (laughs) (laughs) And,
0: And I'm not like seeing the devil around every corner, but I was like, it was just a tough year. But you know what? We just started building again. And I think, and maybe it wasn't for somebody listening, a house that they lost, but it was a relationship. It was a dream. It was a career. It was a hope for somebody that they loved, maybe a child, maybe it was something else that they lost. And the thing about pain is, it's not graded on a curve. Just pain is pain is mm-hmm. pain. And so I hope that during this time of reflection, if there's some pain, that we just find people that are available like you're available, I'm available. I got my cell phone number in the back of two million books. I'm <laughs> getting all these calls. It's awesome. And there's one kid that calls me about every uh, three weeks still, and he just cusses at me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness.
0: I thought I knew all the cuss words, but evidently there's new ones. And and we've never gotten to what he's mad about. But here's the deal, Jamie. I end the phone call the same way every single time. I tell him I will always take your call. Wow. Because I'm trying to be. I'm not trying to be right. I'm trying to be Jesus. Yeah. And he was just available to people. And sometimes yeah. he didn't say much at all. He was just fully present. So yeah, that's what uh, I'm working on. So we started rebuilding the lodge. We got a 150-foot crane, and we started swinging logs for three years. And uh, we finally got to the point where it was time to pick the uh, marble for the counters and all that recently. And the guy at the marble slab store, have you gone to those stores where they have the big marble slabs? It's just gorgeous. You just want to take all of them All of them. (laughs) Yeah. And he said, the thing about marble slabs is the thing that makes them most unique is also its weakest point. And I'm like, oh, that'll preach. That'll
1: preach. Um,
0: yeah. So the things that makes you very unique and why you have such a great relationship with so many people, your uniqueness is also can be your weakness. Yeah. Like I'm a pretty upbeat guy, but that can also be not masking, but it's just, that I'm realizing that as a young man I was just very, very insecure. Mm-hmm. And so I learned by about eight or nine years old, if I was just fun, mm-hmm. then it would make me feel self-conscious about all of my freckles and all of my yeah. And and so if we could just take this time to actually get to know why we're doing what we're doing, then we'd have this thing aced. If you're listening and you're feeling alone or depressed or you have some activities, some of the things that you're doing or self-medicating, whatever's going on. I would ask the question and have a really safe friend join you in the conversation about why are you doing that? Mm. Or if you're in a cycle of really bad relationships to say, I wonder what's going on there and and no judgment in it. But if you can find a couple safe people and then make these things known to God right out of Ephesians, this idea, make your requests known to God. Mm -hmm. And you can't, uh, this god that says i know it before you even pray it it made me think the reason that we make it uh known to him is so we can make it known to us you can actually know why we're doing what we're doing
1: yeah yeah i love it so is your lodge you're still building it right now am i right we're back you're it's back done. okay it's
0: done i carried sweet maria across the threshold there's not a stick of furniture in it but the thing is done it's been so fun i celebrated my daughter and her husband came up and i thought Oh, I'm going to get him a boat because they really like fishing. So I got this metal boat. I looked and looked and looked and got this really cool boat. And so they brought it up. They were going to arrive on Tuesday. So a guy brought it up on Sunday, 100 miles up the inlet. And he got to the dock at about six or seven at night and he left. And within two hours, it had sunk to the Um, bottom of the inlet. (laughs)
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He didn't put the plug in you know, the little fly. Oh my gosh. It's gone. So that thing has been in the spa now for a year as they've been trying to like replace everything. And I just think we had a couple, all of us had a couple ideas that just felt like they sank at the dock.
1: Some of them
0: sank immediately like my boat did. Others, it felt like it sank over a long period of time. And so again, I would say during this time where earth just through the sock drawer which is your life on the floor um i would say could we visit some of the ideas that felt like they sank at the dock and you know what i did i got that thing up out of the water it took a little doing yeah but we put the plug back in it and pumped out some of the water and sure enough it floats
1: start clean with clorox because clorox delivers a powerful clean
0: yeah so I wanted to think for you does anything come to mind for you some ambition or an idea like new version of Jamie that you're just waiting to unroll?
1: Bob, look at you you're turning the tables on me on my on my show <laughs> um, you know I think that there I think that I can stay in a boat for too long, you know like I can feel uh-huh. like oh maybe I need to to move on with this but I'll be honest with you. In the last couple of years, I feel like I'm in a good boat. Like, I like the boat I'm in. I don't feel like it's sinking. I feel like I'm learning how to drive it better every day, to use your example. Yeah,
0: you like who's in the boat with you?
1: I do. I really do. Yeah. And so I, I I feel like I'm le- still learning how to, to row my boat sometimes, you know? And so, yeah. but I like it. I'm in. Yeah. So one
0: of the things that I think is just good for all of us to just reflect on is uh, when I was learning how to fly – this airplane because that's how you get in and out of this place because it's so remote. Um, they said when you get on the radio, say who you are, where you are, and what do you want. Uh, so because it's just so intimidating to talk yeah. on the radio to me. So, but just ask for like, who am I? I'm not like Bob the lawyer. I'm like Bob. I'm Sweet Maria's husband. I'm Lindsey Richard and Adam's dad. Yeah. I'm. Uh, uh, I'm not the founder of or the consul of. I'm like I'm just I'm a guy that's trying to make his way. I had, uh, trying to do less damage than I've done before trying to be more hopeful than I've experienced before. So who are you? Where are you? I'm not just like cooped up in San Diego. I feel like, uh, I want to be fully present. Like I'm not talking to you and thinking about four other things right now, just fully here. For some listeners that's hard because you Mm -hmm. got all these distractions. You got this Apple something.
1: Yeah. Uh (laughs) Wasn't the
0: first time an Apple did us in. Um, but, but we're totally distracted by things. And then finally, just, and most importantly, what do you want? Yeah. Just like make these requests known. Yeah. Um, and if you want a convertible Porsche, I mean, like you're not going to get one.
1: <laughs> that's, that's not the kind of want, but yeah. 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 But
0: just to, to say, what if I want instead of career, what if we pivot and say, what do I want to see in my character for yeah. 2020, a year from now, mm-hmm. who is the guy I'd want to be? I'd want to be a guy that has more grandchildren than I have right now. I'd want to be uh, a person that's more available than I am right now. I'd like to be somebody uh, more optimistic than I am right now, more courageous. Um, So if I then decide these are the things I want, then I look for the opportunities. And then you meet somebody in a dock, and then they say they have the thing. I go like, wow, I can be, I got a boat and I got the ordination. I'm like, let's go do this. That is
1: the best isn't that fun? So it
0: one of the things that'll happen is it's out of uh, Philippians two twenty. It's Paul talking to Timothy. He says he's a guy who takes a genuine interest in other people's welfare. Mm. That's what I want.
1: Yeah, I'm just yeah. looking
0: for that. Yeah, I'm not trying to put a four hundred one k together. I'm not trying to whatever.
1: Well, it's evident uh, looking from the outside into your life and everything that you and your family are doing is that you are looking for the welfare of other people. And I've seen that last decade. I can only imagine what God's going to do through the Goff family in the next 10 years. What is your, if you were to think, I have this really big dream. I have this one big dream for the next decade. Um, What would you like to see happen in your family?
0: Oh, in the family? Well, uh, I got three kids, two are married. So I'm like, we're one away from a full set. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to rush that, but I'm like, we could do this thing on the porch right now. Right I now. Could the
1: paper. We know that you can.
0: Yes. It could be an awesome weekend. Um, so one of the things that I'd like to see is uh, I experienced my grandparents were like so fun and so available to me and totally broke. And, uh, and that never occurred to me until much later. So I was in my 20s and 30s mm. before I realized that they were really just hand to mouth as a yeah. you know partially employed dock worker who worked the midnight shift. Um, but they had so much time and availability to me. Mm. So I want to be that guy. Yeah. I, yeah. I've been taking, uh, but I also want to be a fun grandpa. So I've been learning how to fly a hot air balloon. <sighs> I am three hours away. From having my license. Now, I don't want to actually go float somewhere all alone. I want to have grandkids and take my grandkids somewhere away from power lines and uh, just go the, what I'm learning about hot air balloons, Jimmy, is this, that uh, you can't decide where you're going to land them. You actually, they don't come on rails. You actually... You you don't know whose backyard you're going to end up in, and that actually has been guiding so many of my conversations because I just don't want to end up in somebody's backyard and have them mad at me. So i just, <laughs> I just
1: try to be a nice guy because I might end up who knows I might end up. In you might backyard. end up all the way in Austin. That would be a long trip if you ended up here. But I, we'd let it's, you land here. We got plenty of land here, Bob.
0: I've seen the wizard of Oz. It could
1: happen. (laughs) It could happen. It could happen. Um, Bob, thank you so much just for chatting about your last decade. And I, I know that there are so many people who are going to be so encouraged by just your words of encouraging people to figure out who you, who do you want to be, name it, go for it and be that person. Not just like, I want to be Bob the lawyer, but how do I want my character to be? And that's encouraging for us.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for the people that are doing courageous things that have been listening. I know you have so many people that are tracking with you and you are a a posse of uh, women and some men that are doing great things. And here's the thing that I've learned, that God will use men every once in a while and he always uses women. (laughs) You know, that's true.
1: That's a good way to end this show.
0: (laughs) That's true. Uganda fired every male ambassador on earth and replace them with women
1: that is (laughs) hilarious that is hilarious uh blessings
0: on you and the family thank you so
1: much thanks bob friends do you not just love bob his energy is infectious even through a virtual podcast interview i know you could feel it if you don't follow bob on instagram go do it today and you can see the photo that he posted over the weekend of the sweet couple he told us about in their wedding. He really did that. I hope that we can all be available, more present, and looking for ways to love those that we see right in front of us in these next few weeks, months, and the next decade of our lives. Thank you, Bob, for cheering us on and for being on Your Last Decade. Our hope in every show that we produce of Your Last Decade is that it will help you see what God has done in your life and where he has brought you. How have you persevered over the years? How have you screwed up? What would you do differently? And what are you so stinking proud of? Also, looking back always causes me to look forward. Let me ask you this. What do you hope to see in your next decade? Today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Aki Slockers, and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. We'd love it if you enjoyed this show, if you would share it with your friends. Word of mouth is the number one way that people find out about our podcast, and we thank you for that. Guys, don't forget, submit your celebration moments to us. We would love to celebrate your people with you. Email those to podcast at jamieivy.com. And do you have a special person that you know has a unique story of what God is doing in their lives through this coronavirus, COVID-19 that's affecting their graduation from high school or college? Send us those emails as well. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend.
0: True or false? Walmart has eye care. True. Stop by Walmart to save and browse top designer frames right where you already shop. And they accept most insurance. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart.